Good evening, ladies and gents. What's good, people? Welcome. It's the sweltering hour out here Bro. in Do the Right Thing, New York City. <laughs> I feel like I have to rewatch that, actually, because they had, they, had, they had those cool radio scenes and shit. I forgot, it's been a minute since I watched Do the Right Thing. Yeah, I got, I got to practice my, 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 my radio voice. You, you, you weren't out in Brooklyn last weekend <laughs> like, like a good black man? Exactly. I got to go out there, you know, support. I didn't actually, funny enough, I, I didn't go to the, you know, Spike always has his, his, his yearly parties. I kind of missed that this year, but whatever, because I missed it. You know why? Because I was doing research for the podcast, you know what I'm saying? For the people at home. For the people. I was out, I was out there struggling, making it happen. And now I'm here. I, I'll accept <laughs> that. I'll accept that. Yeah, I try, I try, I try, I try. <laughs> but uh, it's, it's it's been it's been a, it's been a weird I can't say weird music week, but it's been a popping music week. You yeah, had, like the you know from across the spectrum, you had like uh, Jay Balvin and and Mr. Bad Bunny drop their little you know I guess their their What a Time to Be Alive Drake Future Collabo <laughs> album getting getting all <laughs> except, the streams. Exactly, except in Espanol, you know, you had fucking and the return of your boy. You're a guy, you know, hashtag MAGA, <laughs> hashtag keep the illegal immigrants out, <laughs> hashtag make Canada great again, Danielle Cesar. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, fam. So, you know, it's really sad, too, because, like, you want to hate, right? Like, you want to just be like, Man, you you're dropping like the the wackest shit because we hate you because you are canceled. It doesn't matter what you drop, you are canceled. You you will not give me bops. Like it's, it is settled and it's final. But the dude just like brought fire. It's it's who's actually after who's who's been canceled? But oh, you know who does actually on the low? We we want a minute. Mel Gibson. True. Mel. Mel, Mel Gibson. This this that this thing is. I feel like once you get canceled, it's it's like the little B curse. Usually, once you get hit something, you get canceled. Your 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 everything you do kind of turns out to be whack. But uh, so the album is actually good. You're saying the album is actually good. Um, so you know, basically, Daniel Caesar dropped an album. Um, you know, the past week, surprise album. Um, not really, you know, I don't think anybody kind of knew that, you know, this album was coming out. Um, and I think at first I was like, okay, well, if it's a surprise album, maybe it's just like something that, you know, the record label just kind of wanted to drop, <laughs> you know, cause Daniel Caesar canceled. Just the way, like, like in the vault, yeah. But, uh, you know, this, this was an album that was really solid. Um, you know, he had like brandy on the track and the brandy track is actually really dope and it's like brandy like 90s brandy like you know like <laughs> you know like like he had like john mayer which it's funny because i john feel like mayer. john mayer An- another canceled <laughs> another know, formally right? canceled like, like, like i mean i feel like that that's that's a natural fit <laughs> yeah you can almost make the argument. Brandy was canceled for a minute after she, uh, you know, hit that kid. Womp womp. Wait, what? You remember the car accident where, like, she had, she, like, like hit a kid. And then she, there was a weird, like, gap period in her career. The bass game involved. She got into a car accident in L.A. A child died. And then she got sued. So oh. it wasn't, like, big. Like, he wouldn't see it on E. But it was, like, a good year or two because of all that litigation stuff. She, everything got derailed. What? 
So it's yeah, just like the, the cancel bro. party and Pharrell. But, yeah. you know, I mean, Pharrell, Pharrell, like, you know, you just like write a check to Pharrell. He'll show up. Yeah, true, true, true. <laughs> he, but he fucked up, too, because remember he had that whole new black? He 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 canceled and uncanceled himself because he's magical Pharrell. Oh, yeah, that's right. Because he had that whole the new black thing where it's like there's no race. It's it's racism is all in your mind. You know, he he's smoking too much blunt with Rick, basically Rick Rubin and shit. <laughs> So they're all on the album together. Uh, maybe they, they there was like a canceled anonymous meeting, and they all just like you know got together at the end, and they all became friends, you know, and like they had these late late night like you know, just like runs to like the In and Out. <laughs> they were like, "This will never happen again. We won't let this happen again. We can't let his future is ahead of him. We can't let Daniel go." And they they Voltron together to save Daniel Caesar's career. <laughs> <laughs> Which is funny though, like like Daniel Caesar, like so this this album is actually kind of interesting because like there's one. Um, so Daniel Caesar has been on the comeback tour. Um, he's been doing. Um, he's on that common track, which is really whack, actually. It's like surprise, the common surprise. like Dilla tribute track, which is like really not a good look for either one of them. Um, he's been playing festivals. He has a, a like a tour, um, so he's back, you know. And, I, and it's like it's really weird as a as a consumer of music and as a listener of music. Like you know, it's just kind of like sometimes I have a hard time separating the artists from the art. And, you know, and at the end of the day, like, Daniel Caesar didn't, you know, abuse anybody or, like, you know, molest anybody. Like, you know, he just said some shit that was just stupid. <laughs> right? Um, but, yeah, it's, it's been, it's been like, on constant repeat, I think, um, for the past, past week. And it's sneaking into my top five albums of the year. Wow, that's 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 a bold statement there, Cotton. <laughs> uh, I don't know. It's it's weird to me because, I mean, it, all right. So, like going into other music news, but I feel like this is redundant music news. Like, uh, like as as usual, Morrissey, Morrissey got in trouble a couple of weeks ago because he showed up on late night TV wearing like the um, the UK far right emblem, oh, like yeah. whatever party they have that's far right. So, idiot boy decides to set the record straight, like he always does. <laughs> because I remember years ago he tried to set the record straight for like he interviewed for German magazine and he said all this racist shit and he was just like yo that was all bullshit show the tapes and when they played the tapes he actually said that racist shit so in similar <laughs> fashion idiot boy had I think it's his cousin or his nephew or somebody interview him for the website where he basically just doubled down on the same racist shit basically I think the quote was all races prefer to stay with themselves <laughs> So it, you kind of get into this weird thing where I've been kind of reading like a lot of the indie blogs and, uh, you know, he's on a tour of Interpol and, you know, and a lot of people kind of said, it's just like, you know, and it's, it's weird because obviously it's a white artist. Obviously a lot of people debating is also white people. So they don't necessarily have skin in the game, but a lot of them were just basically saying, you know, at a certain point, you just kind of start separating the art from the artist because they're all fuck ups. And they kind of, you kind of think about the bigger pictures of where, you know, like the, the idea of where, 
you know, now a little bit more woke than we were years ago. So like when Led Zeppelin and even David Bowie were out there, you know, sleeping with like 14 year olds, you know, it's, it was, it's, it, back then it was more accepted or we ignored it, but now it just seems very problematic. It makes you wonder like, you know, what do you, what, what's that line? Is it how heinous a crime is? Is it, you know, this and that? Well, Caesar kind of annoys me is the fact of where he's young, but he's not that young. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> It'd be something where it's just like, and that's what's weird where at least if Morrissey you kind of get it, you know, I don't say you get it being a nazi is is a fucking shit you get but he's somebody where you know if you're that rich if you're that isolated shouts to kanye he's having funny ideals and think you're right because you're insulated you know for him it's just a matter of and maybe not he could be full 100 nazi instead of half nazi but you know i could definitely imagine somebody who's quote-unquote you know, has these generally liberal ideas, which he had in the 80s, but growing up in that rich man's bubble, you know, watching all that Fox News, you have already come from a place of privilege, but now you double it, triple it because you're rich, you're a celebrity, and you come out fucked up. Um, With Caesar, I just kind of hope that maybe he kind of grows out of it and learns more and kind of tours and, you know, that bubble isn't there. I think what kind of helps him is the fact of where he's a big star, but he's not a big star, you know what I'm saying, kind of? Like yeah. He hasn't gotten taken to tasks. I think it's going to be interesting that, and I think he's very lucky, he kind of sneak dropped this album because I, I would love to see how he would react if he actually had to kind of tour the album and like go into like, let's say, The Breakfast Club or go into like, you know, True. even things that aren't that hip hoppy and black. You know, it's kind of an easy question to kind of lob at him. You know, Billboard, like, like if I was a Billboard writer, that'd be one of the first things I would throw at him and they kind of see how he reacts. So, I think he kind of, you know, he has the benefit of the doubt where he's on A-list, but he's definitely B-list as far as musicians are concerned. And so he's kind of been able to kind of, you know, do some stupid shit and the parties afterwards, we kind of all forget it. But, you know, I think as his career kind of progresses and, you know, it's kind of becoming a pattern, who knows? Yeah. And, you know, I think the the most interesting thing about about him, too, is like, he, you know, he apologized again, (laughs) Uh, I think back in March for like the whole Yes Jules thing. he has these weird kind of like, but he all, but he apologized for the, like how he said it. He never like said, like you know what I said was wrong. And I feel like the thing is, like this dude is for the most part Republican, you know, and <laughs> a Canadian Republican too. Yeah, like you know, so like this dude is is pretty much like just just conservative, and you know. I think he's, like, playing around with, like, you know, what to say because, you know, he he dabbles in R&B and, you know, he has, like, there's, like, references here to, like, I want to settle in your black skin, (laughs) 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 you know, on this album, on this project. Ghost written by by somebody else, probably. And, you know, (laughs) I mean, me personally, I feel like the, the values of conservatives, like, you know, are completely not aligned with the values of people of color. But, you know, he's in this weird area where if he, you know, because I'm reading, like, the the feedback and the reviews, and a lot of the initial reviews never even mention, you know, his issues. And a lot of the initial feedback from Twitter, even from people of color, were just like, yo, this is a dope album. So it's very interesting to kind of see this artist kind of be this conservative (laughs) But still kind of like, you know, live in this R&B world. Um, You know, I I think 
we still kind of like will bump Kanye. It's still kind of a weird thing. You know, I have a friend who's a DJ. It's just like, you know, with Kanye and Michael Jackson, you got to like kind of fill out the room, <laughs> you know, play, <laughs> play like 15 seconds. If people are like, Oh snap, you know, like, you know, you got something, you know? Um, but yeah, it's like this weird thing for the culture where you have these conservatives <laughs> that make black music and, but also like down black people. <laughs> You know, wow. it's just, it, I, yeah, it's, it's weird. I, I don't. I, I mean, the thing is, it's, I, it's. I think he's got to grow. I, I think. I think it's a problem that'll kind of solve itself. I think he'll either get to the point of where he's big enough, and he'll either kind of you know grow up or I basically self cancel. <laughs> and I, I think it's kind of and, and like I said, it, it kind of sucks because he's a young, cool dude. He's you know, it's he'd, he'd be a good example of you know a young artist kind of doing cool shit. And, you know, being kind of woke because he's not like, you know, he's got like, it's kind of sucks. He's got like no baggage. He comes from a place of, he comes from Canada. So he's got to, you know, it's just weird to kind of see like a young black dude kind of say, you know, like, you know, caping for like, yes, Jules of all people. And again, no, 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 no anger towards yes, Jules per se, but it's like so far removed that for him to kind of come and cape for her, I can understand a Kanye, you know, even, even like, you know, I get them even forgetting the MAGA angle. Just because yeah. Kanye and Yes Jules, that's his people. You know what I'm saying? I can imagine a lot of young Florida rappers because that's her domain. Maybe she put them on. You know what I'm saying? But Daniel Caesar, as far as I know, has those kind in the game. So it's weird for him to go die on that hill. That's literally fucking like a thousand miles away. No, I mean, definitely, definitely. And, and that, the, like, the one thing like this, the, you know, it's just really sad because this album, you know, even though I wouldn't say it's better than his debut Freudian, it just shows that the dude is talented. You know, he's able to put the right production on. Um, he's able to put the right people in the room. He's able to kind of create, you know, like, I don't think he's there yet in terms of like being kind of a superstar or a pop star, but he has talent and he has a career that can go far, <laughs> you know? Um, so that's kind of like why I'm so conflicted because yeah, it's like, like, you know, like I really want to cancel the dude, but yeah, he's just, He's just talented, you know, and, and I want to support like great art at the same time, you know. So, um, yeah, man, this is this is a weird one. This is a really weird one. There's only one solution. We got to go back to the Kazaa and download the MP3s. We'll give him no streaming, <laughs> no, no pennies in his coffers. Just all illegal, all illegal, you know, bootleg YouTube sites that he gets no money from. That's where we'll listen to his music. <laughs> He's persona non grata. <laughs> He's excommunicado. <laughs> uh yeah i feel you i feel you yeah but what else in the i guess in other music news you know our our favorite because this is the official fan podcast of black guys who like taylor swift i'm, I'm calling it officially now you know we're out there you know like it's a off. strong word fam uh, i'm a huge i'm a huge fan <laughs> i'm gonna get taylor for life tattooed all up on my chest you know Get maybe a little blonde, you know, blonde wig, you know. I, I don't know. I can't even know where I'm going with this, actually. It's, it's ridiculous. But uh, long story short, surprise, surprise, Taylor Swift got into... Well, actually, no, I can't even say surprise, surprise. Because I think this goes back to a bigger issue where generally, you know, you're a young artist. You come out there. You know, you, you meet the record label guys. They're like, yeah, blah, blah. You got, you're awesome. 
here's a fucking 100 grand advance, which is really an advance because they took it out of your budget, so you kind of owe them that money. But here's this big money advance, blah, blah, blah. We're signing to a five or six album deal, yada, yada, yada. And fine print, we own those masters. And I think the big thing here is that it always pops up periodically with like Prince. It popped yep. up recently, I think, Jay-Z, because that was the whole reason why... Um, Jay-Z and Dane broke apart or had a whole issue. That's one of the big reasons was the was the the rights over his um over his or was a Def Jam. I remember there was an issue with Jay-Z where there was a, a schism because of fighting over the fighting over the masters. But long story short, you know, Taylor Swift signed to this record label, you know, a long time when she was like 14, 15, did work together. You know, she left, went on her own last year for what was that album name? I already forget it. But uh, she went for her last album. She decides to go solo, go on her own, sign as a new deal for public, and you know they had a kind of a relationship between her and her original, you know, managers, owners of the label, and they basically sold it to her sworn enemy, who is her sworn enemy because I don't really, really get how it's her sworn enemy, uh, but basically Connie BFF Scooter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so yeah, Scooter Braun bought T- Taylor Swift Masters for $300 million, uh, and Scooter Braun, if you don't know, is Justin Bieber's manager, and I guess like at some point managed Kanye, so you know, I think half of it was like, you know, I don't know, like, she felt like, oh, this is Scooter Braun, but the other half was like, oh, but this this is also, he's aligned with Kanye, and Kanye is my arch enemy for life, you know? Yeah, I, I think the specific point was, like you said, it's, it's not, he's not Kanye managers now, but I guess when it was going down, because she, you know, it was very much like when I was, when I was at my lowest, when they were playing, playing these voicemails that they got of me, you know, yada, 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 Scooter was there, kicking up with Kanye in the background, <laughs> And, um, <laughs> and, and, and it was interesting is cause it's like three sides. So you, so you read, so I've been kind of reading it. So her story is the fact of where, you know, she left, she left, she left the record label. She called, she told the record label like, yo, I want to buy my masters. The record label was like, nah, I don't know about that, but how about we make a deal? If you stay with us, we'll give you basically a record for record deal where if you do a new record for us, we'll give you a record back. Yeah. So ultimately is- she would eventually own. Which is kind of still shady. It's fucked up. <laughs> That's what I even get. That's, it's yeah, it's really messed up. up. Yeah. And then she was like, oh, I only learned this after the fact, you know, by watching the news. From the record label's perspective, it's like, you know, we offered her a chance to buy her albums back. They left it vague. So that so that part could be true about the one-for-one deal. But they also said that, hey, we warned you like, like a week before this is all going down. So for you to kind of act all boo-hoo-hoo is kind of fake also. And as usual with Taylor Swift, you know, you, you can't really tell only because there's a, you know, I, I can't even say it's shady, but there's a lot of, you know, she's a corporation now. There's a lot of things happening in the background where who knows what's true or not. I think if you separate yourself from the idea, if you, you know, like or hate her, it's the, it's, it's still kind of fucked up where you've got an artist, they sign a record deal when they're 14, 15, and even again, she's rich. She doesn't really need those masters. She probably gets a pretty penny for whatever, you know, portion she gets from those, you know, whatever residual she gets. She's set. But I, I think the problem is that it's kind of fucked up where you could be 14, create this art, and it's not your art. <laughs> yeah, no, <laughs> Because definitely. you signed a piece of paper. 
Definitely. That, to me, was actually a bit surprising, the fact that, you know, it's, what, like, almost 15 years later, she's still kind of under that same contract. Uh, I mean, I guess it's not surprising. I've I've read music industry contracts before, and they're really, like, (laughs) all-encompassing. But I think I'm more surprised at the fact that, you know, once she started really blowing up, like, she didn't lawyer up and kind of, like, go back to them and say, hey, like, you know... Like, let's renegotiate, right? Like, the fact that she's still under that same 15-year-old contract, even though she's a multi-million dollar, you know, pop star, um, was actually really surprising to me. Um, yeah, I, but yeah, I don't know if I I, I really trust the Crocodile Tears from Taylor. <laughs> you know? Oh, yeah, no, absolutely not. Yeah, like, I, I'm, I'm sure, you know, she probably had people trying to negotiate for, for her, and maybe she got outbid, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, it, it, it really, it really kind of shows you, like, you know, just how shady the record industry is, you know, like, you should be able to, at some point, own your masters, um, I know there's a, there's been a lot of education, um, in the past few years, um, you know, telling, you know, young artists about this because, I mean, a lot of people got, you know, they were got, you know, like, and like they don't own like, the rights to their music. And even, you know, when you die, like somebody like Prince, you know, you're hearing Prince songs like everywhere now and like credit card commercials. Because <laughs> yeah. like the master is <laughs> transferred to his estate and the state's trying to like, you know, you know, make bank, you know, so it's in like you hear a Prince song in like a Capital One commercial now, and you know, Prince is rolling in his grave, you know. Um, so yeah, it's, it, I understand like why she's upset, you know. Masters are like, it's pretty much like your art, it's your creation, it's like the genesis of everything. Um, and you know, we didn't talk about this on the podcast, but you know, like, um, I guess like the Universal, there's a warehouse in uh, for Universal oh, Music that burned down. Yeah, and a lot of the masters from everybody from like Patsy Cline to Tom Petty to the Roots, were, like went to up Nir- in smoke. Nirvana, Nirvana. Jay Z apparently lost some stuff. Yeah, so like you know, and and that's like a you know, and people, I think like a lot of people didn't understand like why like artists were really upset and like you know crying, but. Your masters are literally like, you know, like it's just like your art, but it's, it's literally like the genesis of your art, especially like your early works and things like that. Um, so it's not only like they, they took your art, but they're also, they can do whatever they want with your art now. You know, they can license a Taylor, you know, they can like sell, like, uh, you know, like have like Kanye sample Taylor Swift for free if Scooter Braun wants to. You know, and Taylor really has no say over that. Um, so yeah, I th- I think it's messed up. Like I said, I'm, I'm you know I I I don't know if I have like I don't know I, I'm, I'm you know I, I feel for Taylor. I don't know how how big my my violin is. You know, I don't think it's the tiniest violin in the world. It's like it's it's a, it's a larger violin. You know, like I, I, yeah, I feel yeah. for her. But um, yeah, it just it shows you just like if you're an artist, you have to be on your shit. Um, and yeah, and just, it's fucked up because it's not like any like you said. Usually, I remember there was a big thing. I think it was like Metallica. I've heard I heard of when Madonna did it years ago. Usually, at a certain point, when you kind of hit the superstar level, you fight for your masters. Yeah. And you know, it's it's kind of weird that, and maybe you know, it's fucked up too. 
And maybe it's the idea of where, you know, these guys aren't your friends. Maybe in her mind, you know, like she said it herself, she's just like, you know, I was there when I was 15 and, you know, I thought we were cool and suddenly he sells it to my enemy without telling me and yada, yada, yada. And, you know, I, I think at the end of the day, there's this idea of where, you know, you're young and, you know, they come and they give you all this money and then, you know, you become huge and, you know, they're, they're helping you do this and do that. But at the end of the day, it's, it's a fucking business. And, and I mean a business. I mean, yeah. like, like cutthroats. They're not doing you anything. The whole reason why they're investing in you is because they want to return on that investment. It's nothing personal. It's, you know, it's, it's not a vendetta, but it's not anything positive. And just because they act nice is because they know that by keeping you placated, your art will be better, which will get them more money. There's no like, oh, I'm hooking that guy up. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, yeah. I, and I think that's the issue where a lot of artists kind of have to look at there where it's just not, you know, these guys definitely aren't your friends. They aren't necessarily your enemies. But, you know, always lawyer up, always take a look at it. And if you kind of sign these deals, keep, keep an eye keep an eye on what they are. And also, if you're a Taylor Swift or if you're whoever, down the line, if you've got able to leverage it, get the bitches back, man. You know what I'm saying? Try to flip it on them because, you know, they they also rely. I remember years ago, there was a stat of where, you know, record labels in general, even now, they rely on like, let's say, 20% of the artists to kind of keep them, you know, profitable. Like everything else is just a gamble. So to a certain extent, once you've kind of built a good career, you know, there's money in you. So you just kind of have to throw it on them and just be like, you know, fuck you, pay me. Like, I'll fucking walk. I'll fucking bring this bitch down. And, you know, you just got to have to leverage it. These guys are never your friends. You know, it's kind of cool. And like, look at Taylor. Taylor's got, you know, more money than anything else, but she's still having fucking, she still feels like a piece of shit because, you know, these white guys got over on her. And you, you know, like I said, it's hard to feel bad for somebody who's kind of been villainous as far as, you know, in recent memory and, you know, kind of playing up the, you know, white feminism, but as a bigger picture, it, it, it sucks. It's, it's as, as somebody who kind of dabbles in creatives, it sucks. Like I kind of get why. And like I said, it's, and, and right now there's, you know, hundreds of Taylor Swift's out there. Look at Jojo. Remember Jojo, the R&B? Yeah. Remember how she was thought? Yeah. It's like this, this is not, it's the sad thing is as big a story as this is, as much as this is on E, like, you know, it's, it's a year or two we're going to hear the same fucking story about, you know, somebody else going to be coming around complaining because, you know, future or somebody because fucking their masters are all fucked up and they're getting dicked over. So, you know. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I you know, there's a, a documentary that I, I always recommend that artists check out. Um, uh, remember the band Unlocking the Truth? Yes. Yeah. Like the punk band. So Afropunk and they were playing in Times Square and it kind of got yep. discovered. Yep. So there's a documentary about them, and you know, at the at the time, it was like a documentary about how like they're discovered and like this is going to attract like their rise to superstardom. And basically, they got connected with this dude who was like he he found Hanson, right? And he like signed them to this crazy ass contract, and they actually like um, had the 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 little boys sign the contract. Um, and also, like, they had Guardian, who pretty much was not on their side and, like, encouraging the side in this, like, you know, just crazy-ass contract as well. Um, and they actually had, like, documentary cameras in there and, like, all the pressure you have. Like, they're just pressuring them, pressuring them, pressuring them. And, like, I think they're asking, like, questions about, like, what does this mean? And they're like, oh, don't worry about it. Um, and it's really, like, heartbreaking to see. It was really, really heartbreaking to see. Um, I think that documentary is on Netflix. Um... But uh, yeah, no, it's it's it's, it's kind of crazy, and I, you know, I'm I'm sure Taylor is in the same situation. She's like 15, like, you know, like maybe she's in some office in New York City, and she's like, you know, big bright lights, big city, and 
they're pressuring her to sign something, and she's like, okay, cool. You know, and yeah, it's, it's just, it's crazy. It's crazy. I mean, you know, if you're an artist out there, just like do your best to educate yourself, you know, and, and, you know, I understand why labor labels want to take a percentage of masters and things like that, because, you know, they're, they're putting up like X amount of money for you to, and there's no guarantee that you're going to like be a, another Taylor Swift. But, uh, you know, I, I think, you know, they have been doing these shady ass practices for the past, like for years, you know, like this is nothing new. Um, and I think, you know, maybe one of the bright sides about this is that an artist like a Taylor Swift can at least, you know, bring more, um, you know, shine a more, uh, a brighter light on the, these practices, um, and kind of push them out to the mainstream a little bit more. So, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, yeah, you know, so, so for one, so yeah, for one of the few times, you know, stay, stay up, Taylor, you can, you can do it. You know, when you relax, <laughs> In your gold porcelain bathtub, in your Manhattan, in one of your Manhattan penthouses, you know, crying into your bottle of Cristal. Just know that us, we're we're here rooting for you, girl. Taylor just needs a Suge Knight. (laughs) That would be fantastic, actually. She just needs a Suge Knight. (laughs) All her problems would be solved if she had a Suge Knight. Or or Jay Prince? Jay Prince? (laughs) Yo, whoever knows Jay Prince out there, please holler at him. This is a business opportunity that will require his unique negotiating skills. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, I, and I think we could, he could definitely help, you know, have all parties reach the satisfaction. You know, Taylor Swift could get back her fucking masters. You know, Scooter could still have his limbs. I think it could be very amicable across the, across the board. <laughs> but, uh, coo, coo, coo. So, uh. What musica are you listening to nowadays, Mr. Stone? So, I think we should talk about, like, probably, like, the, the biggest hippity-hop album of the year so far, which is Bandana. Bandana. Mad Libs, Freddie Gibbs. X freddie Gibbs, the sequel to the blockbuster hip-hop record, which I forget already. It was Bandana and... Pinata, yes. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Pinata, Pinata was the first of 2015, I believe, to 2015, yeah. and it, and it's weird because I remember when this dropped because I remember it, he was there, you know, doing the the flat tummy tea like commercial. Mm-hmm. Did you hear about this? No. So like he, so like a week, like Freddie Gibbs like went into the character, the character was advertising flat tummy tea, and people were like, "What the fuck is this shit?" And then fucking, it was like, surprise, bitch. It's the fucking name of a song on this new album. So it's something where I, I think it's weird because it's it kind of has a unique corner of where it's not necessarily mainstream, yeah. but it kind of unites your old heads, but also like your newer, weirder, you know, your more discerning like hip hop listener because Madlib has such a pred- pred- pedigree, basically. Oh, yeah. No, definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah, like uh yeah, no this this is uh like every every year has like a solid hippity hop album. Yeah, and, and I, I think it's also because it's you know, we kinda worship this I mean we have this nineties aesthetic of like these samples and yada 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 and you know and this is definitely this is definitely sample based hip hop. But what's kinda intriguing is the fact of you know, sampling has grown and changed. Like there's a difference between, you know, Riza, you know, sampling a song and like let's say 
fucking even let's say like like Mad Lib, let's say it's 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 more ornate it's different the samples switch the samples change you know there's a lot more production work being it's not just like I'm gonna grab the sample and chop it up you know it kind of reminds me of where like let's say Premiere would kind of grab a sample you couldn't tell exactly where it's from because it got so distorted what's kind of cool for like a lot of the newer cats is that it's just they're just weird like the like the dusty beats are even dustier like well you know like remember like like Earl Sweatshirt's album yeah where the samples are kind of going but they aren't landing where they're supposed to land so it sounds like a record player dying like there's a lot of there's been a lot of innovations there as far as you know using simple based music and I think one of the guys there that's been that basically I guess the guru of it in 2019 for probably the past, you know, good 15, 20 years, arguably, has been Mad Lib. So, like you said, it's 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 not necessarily a 2019 album, but it's very authentic, and it's also very weird. Like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, you know, songs come in, and there's a guy talking about the album in Japanese. Yeah. You know, sometimes, so, sometimes the track ends, but then you have this beat that comes in for, like, you know, 10 seconds, that changes to another beat, and then, and then there's a whole other song. <laughs> like, it's, it's, it's done in a way where it's not just like, all right, cool, I'm going to drop these two verses we're gonna have this hook and then you know up these boom bap drums there's nothing like that it's it's very organic you know what i'm saying yeah yeah definitely definitely um and you know like like you know, i'm gonna say this and this is probably going to to get me some hate mail um actually i get no mail so it's all good um but <laughs> <laughs> lonely <laughs> Womp womp. <laughs> um, you know, I thought like the Freddie Gibbs Alchemist project was better. Uh, Fetty, uh, which is my favorite album, I think that dropped last year. Um, I thought that kind of had like a better, like better beats, like you know, better flow. Um, but there is something about Bandana's very much like you know, it just it was very cohesive. It was very on brand. Well, not really on brand for Mad Lib, but like it's very just kind of. Like it flowed from song to song. You could tell like there's kind of a through line, um, which is really really cool. Um, Palmolive Palm is like probably my favorite song, and probably one of my favorite songs of the year. Um, I, there's some cheat codes there because you have like Pusha T <laughs> and, and Killer Mike. <laughs> <laughs> so you know, I mean that's that's a cheat code, like real talk. But uh, like that song like flows really 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 hard. Um, but in a way that's like I don't know, like it doesn't it doesn't sound like it, you know, it's not like super kind of thumpy, it's not like, you know, so I don't know, like it, it was it was very much a vibe. It was very much like this consistent, um, kinda organic but also like like you said, like weird production. Um and and it worked. It flowed, you know, it, it, it's 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 a really good combination. <laughs> Um, <laughs> I just like the the Alchemist production uh, with Freddie last year a little bit better. Don't dox me. Um, well, no, you know what it is though with, with Alchemist, and and I think it's a, and I, and I say this as a huge Alchemist fan, but the reason why I like and I, and I do like a lot of my MCs over Alchemist beats, but I think it's because I'm kind of biased towards like just just sinister sounding like like um like um. Like uh, like ominence, like 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 you know things where not ominence. It's it's something where like sinister sounding, scary, you know, like mob deep type cuts. Like you know, going back to like the RZA reference, where these 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 songs kind of like have like you know like almost like a horror soundtrack. You know, a lot of sparseness. I I think that, and again, I say this as a huge Alchemist fan. I love I love the work he's doing for a lot of the newer rappers, like with like um. 
Like he he does some beats with like Makami, you know. He does some beats, I believe, like if the Earl Sweatshirt kind of click, like you know, like with Mike and um, Cameron and some of the other names. But long story short, I think with with Freddie Gibbs, what I like about this record is that it also shows a more eclectic Freddie Gibbs kind of. Yeah. If that makes any word sense. Yeah. Because we could know he could do street shit. So if you want hardcore street shit, Alchemist is your dude. He'll give you a Grammy street shit. Tell you know, spin your here's your fucking three minutes. Spin your tales of hardcore fucking crazy shit. Where we're fucking with, like perfect like um like half what's there's that one track they have where let me try to think of where I think it kind of shows you what I mean by like how it's a good little juxtaposition where there's like a little bit weird beat switch where with um let me try to find the song that'll be half main half cocaine yep, yep like you know like like that first half is just like you know a little chill hip hoppy bounce song and that last half is fucking just evil punching the face kicking with your fucking Timberland boot. You know, we're out here in negative 20 degree weather, you know, in front of the fucking burning garbage cans, laying in that rock type shit. <laughs> and I think that's what I kind of like about, like, like this record is kind of shows you, like, it's more, it's more diverse. Not to say, again, I can definitely understand why you would like the Alchemist work better, because it's definitely a fucking vibe. It's a vibe straight through. It's definitely just street shit. But with this, I like it because it's a little more, I'll say, and this is, lack of a better term, playful. Yeah, oh yeah, no, definitely, definitely, and, and you you could tell like they really didn't care what people think <laughs> in a lot of ways. Like <laughs> you know, like they weren't trying to make a street album, you know, a quote unquote street album. Like they, I mean, they did, but like they just didn't seem like they were trying to like you know reinvent something or try to like you know it's hard to tell like what the influences are with this album, <laughs> you know. Um, whereas a lot of, a lot of these, like, kind of hip-de-hop, uh, like, albums, you could kind of, like, see the influences, like, on their sleeves, you know? So, uh, mm. yeah, no, I, I thought, I thought it was cool. And then, you know, Matt Lib, you know, I think he, these beats were, like, and Matt Lib makes, like, a ton, a ton, a ton of beats, but I feel like these beats were, like, kind of new for him in turn, in a lot of ways. Um, you know, it just kind of felt like it, it, uh... I wasn't expecting the the beats that I heard, um, the, it being Mad Madlib, and I don't know if I'm just not like well versed to Madlib as I thought, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> you know I like 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 you know I think the the this was kind of new territory for him, and also too like him doing it all on iPad, you know like like you think you see you 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 know you picture Madlib, you picture him like you know over like a dusty 808. <laughs> So <laughs> there's, blood, there's blood ashes everywhere, <laughs> MPC in a corner, cigarette stains and shit. <laughs> yeah, so you know, and this is definitely not that, you know. So uh, yeah, no, I, 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 I was thoroughly entertained by this album. Definitely, nice, nice, nice. Yeah, cool, cool, cool. And then that's it. That's for it, people. Us, this episode, we'll be back next week, same bad time, same bad channel. Which is a reference, I think, if you got to be really watched to get that reference. That was a shout out to all your pops out there. Yeah, I mean, I, well, guess I feel so. like that's, yeah, yeah. yeah. Even the reruns were in the 80s, man. That's, yeah, that's definitely some I mean, shit. That's, yeah. yeah, these kids don't know about the Nick and Knight. You know what I'm saying? Shouts, shouts to Adam West, yeah, dog. They don't, they you know, don't know, know about the OG Batman. You know what I'm saying? You the real. You the, you, you the real. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, till next time, everybody. Peace. Peace.